0: Hi, and welcome to Real Talk with Rachel, with my wife, Rachel Gilbert. Did you know that God has a unique call on your life? But things like fear, insecurities, and lies keep us from experiencing God's best. This podcast will consist of real talk Talk about real life with real people. We pray that every episode brings
1: you one step closer to your original design so you can confidently pursue your God-given dreams. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and today I have a very special guest for you, Dr. Cassie Reed. Dr. Reed is actually a professor of mine at the King's University and also a good friend, and we tackle some major issues when it comes to being a mom and a woman, and even if you're not a mom, we really tackle it from every angle today from the direction of leaning into negative emotions you had maybe from losing a mom or not having a great relationship with your mom we talk about setting healthy boundaries we talk about owning your own role we talk about anxiety and comparison now at some point in the episode I actually said I need to warn the listeners in the beginning to make sure they keep a notebook nearby so if you're driving don't write, but I do encourage you to maybe do a voice note on your phone or something because I seriously had so many quotes that I wrote down and plan on using in graphics because they're just amazing. So I pray that this episode blesses you. I know that it will. So let's go ahead and jump right into my conversation with Dr. Cassie Reed.
0: Hey, Dr. Reed. How are you? I'm so great. How are you? I am awesome. I am really excited to have you on here today because you were one of the very first people that God put on my heart to have on this podcast when he told me to start it oh well thanks I'm so honored to be here what an what an amazing
2: thing that you're doing
0: thank you I do want you to share a little about yourself and then I'm going to share how me being at TKU has really inspired me to just start this podcast so go ahead and share with us just a little about yourself your family what you do
2: Sure. I've been married to James for 12 years. Um, This June, actually, we 12. I kind of round up. I'm already saying that. I have a bonus daughter named Lundy, who's 14, and then a two-year-old named Emerson Grace, who is so full of life and so much fun. I'm blessed to be the director of counseling programmings, specifically the marriage and family therapy program at the King's University, which is part of Gateway Church. And then I also have owned my own private practice for eight years in the Southlake, area. So we help all different families, individuals, couples, kids. So that's just been a fun endeavor. I used to be a school counselor, so I love that I'm still able to see kids and do some work like that in my practice.
0: And how long have you had your practice there?
2: It's been about eight years, almost nine, I think, for the practice as it's where it is in South Lake.
0: Okay, awesome. Yeah, so I get the honor of sitting under Dr. Reed's teachings at the King's University, and God started really speaking to me about starting this podcast over a year ago, and I just, you know, wrestled with it and, you know, just kept praying about it, and then when I was in one of your classes last semester, it was all about just digging up some things that I didn't even know were there. And Mm -hmm. I felt like God really just continued to confirm, you know, the whole premise of this is real talk and just that there's so many topics that we just don't talk about and they affect us more than we realize. So that's really my heart. So yeah,
2: it's awesome. No, I remember when you were kind of starting to dream about it. So it's really cool to see. I can only imagine what people, you know, the morsels that people hear, and who knows what impact that makes as a ripple effect. I think that's so cool.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I struggled with what to want to talk to you about because I could probably bring you on here at least ten different times to talk about all kinds of different things because you just you exude freedom in so many areas. But with Mother's Day upon us, I felt like God wanted us to chat about motherhood. And we're gonna kinda tackle it from a couple different angles. The first thing I wanted to chat about is how I feel like Mother's Day can definitely bring up a flood of emotions for some people. Maybe they've lost their mother or maybe they had just wounds from their own motherhood. What can you chat about in your years and experience of counseling when it comes to this area of motherhood? Well, this is a great question because I think lately the Holy Spirit has really been talking to
2: me a lot about how as a church, like capital C, we're bad at allowing people to have negative emotions. Mm -hmm. and I feel like the Lord has given us negative emotions like he's given us all emotions it's really just what we do with it so I can be sad I can be mad I can be angry I can be disappointed I can be frustrated those are all God-given emotions It's just what I do with it, how I keep myself honest, you know? Yeah. So I think about mother wounds and I think about people who've been, you know, kind of grown up and maybe now be mothers themselves or kind of have this ability to think for themselves. And they look back and they're like, oh man, that isn't what I thought. Oh, I kind of, no, that didn't go so well, that wasn't a good idea, or that, I can't believe we did it that way, or why did my mom do this, or, you know, and not everyone, but I think a lot of people look back and then they have this disappointment. And so what they do is they try to run away from it rather than lean into it. And I think the biggest key for us as people all around, especially women, is we have to lean into that for a second. We gotta grieve it, we gotta press on it, we have gotta see what it looks like, and we've gotta go through it instead of away from it, because it's not gonna go away. And I think that's the lie that the enemy likes people to believe is that it's going to go away. You just run away from it. You just put your happy face on. You just say, you know what, but my mom may have beat the living snot out of me, but she was there for me after school. You know, like we make these kind of (laughs) caveat statements that try to talk us out of feeling the very thing that the Holy Spirit wants to talk us in. Feeling, And I think I want to help equip people to lean into that because that's how we find another level of freedom. Really. I've seen myself and my own story as well as others be able to say, this is what happened, you know, and, and people don't understand how you can forgive or how you can move on or how you can do X, Y, and Z. But the reality is once you lean into the emotion, you actually are through it and it doesn't have permission to keep coming back up.
0: Oh, that's so good. So what would you say to someone that leaning in looks like?
2: That's a great question.
0: I think one, the biggest thing
2: is to acknowledge it and bring it into the light. So many people sit on resentment and disappointment and they just pretend like it's not there. You know, like, well, I'm just keep that. I have that, but I'm not gonna tell anyone. Where it's like, no, 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 no. We gotta drag that into the forefront. You gotta actually tell somebody. Like, tell a mentor, tell a friend, tell someone. Drag that into the light. So that way you can say, you know what? I'm disappointed that my mom was this way. You know, I'm disappointed that as a kid, I didn't ever have any one-on-one time with my mom. I'm disappointed that my mom died. That actually is part of my story. My mom died when I was 13 months old or 14 in between. And, you know, I never leaned into that until I was grown because there was no space, you know. And so now I think I'm really passionate about helping people say, you know, that doesn't change the mom that I got, which, you know, was in my life, my whole life pretty much. But it just is. It's a fact. It's a thing. And as much as I want to put it in the dark, it's, it's truth you know and so sometimes we just have to drag that into light I think that's the first step the second step is to just really be honest with yourself I think sometimes we really feel like God or you know the Holy Spirit or however you want to have a friend who calls that calls them the triplets (laughs) (laughs) however you see them it's we think that they that he can't handle it and it makes me laugh a lot because I'm like he knows everything we think and so we come to him and we're like Lord Here's this pretty packaged answer. Here's this pretty packaged story. Uh, You know, here's how I feel about you. I'm very upset when really you want to maybe like shake your finger at him and tell him how you really feel and I always tell people you got to do that he can take it and he needs you to do that and you need to do that that is what it would take for you to get to the next level
0: that's so good so I don't know if I knew that part of your testimony that your mom died when you were that young I know there's definitely people listening to this who have lost their mother do you have anything else that you could share with them on really even just the pain of that but also just approaching Mother's Day with that in mind Sure. Again, I I think that the biggest question is always what if, Mm -hmm. you know, like
2: what would it be like? What if it didn't happen? What if this was this way? And so I've really had to have the Holy Spirit speak into that for me to say, okay, this is what it would be like, or this is what it would look like, or, you know, just to have him kind of assure me that he was in control even then. And I think the other piece is, too, is to really be sure that you and those around you can honor that legacy, whatever that looks like is that um, I know a lot of families, and mine included, and, and I've really forgiven and kind of moved on from this, but they actually had planned to not tell me mm-hmm. about it. So it came out accidentally when I was about seven or eight, and I just remember it really shook me. It shook the trust in my parents, who I call my parents, and it, it just really made it difficult for me to, to see like, you know, your whole paradigm gets shifted when you're like, oh my goodness, like this isn't my mother. Like, you know, this person that I've been, you know, with all this time. And so I always tell families, be sure to honor the legacy because um, I've even watched um, people like men specifically, cases in my practice where the wife has died from cancer or some horrible um, illness. And then he meets someone new and the kids come in and the whole goal of counseling isn't to help the kids grieve, but to help the kids acclimate to the new mom. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that's good and you want to do that. And yes, that needs, you need that piece. But then the second part of it is what about them honoring her legacy? What about them celebrating her birthday, celebrating her death day, celebrating her? Because I actually just had an aunt visit me over Easter and she Brought me a bunch of photos as my mom, my biological mom's sister. And it's just kind of cool to look at them because I look a lot like her. And then when she describes her personality, I'm very much like her. So you can't take that part out of a person.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I love that. Okay, so now let's take a little different direction. We talked about someone who, you know, maybe has lost their mom. What about someone who had a mom? or has a mom still, I guess, would be the better way to say it, who isn't maybe the most healthy relationship. Do you have any suggestions on how to set healthy boundaries of that relationship, but still honor her?
2: Oh, that's a hard question, too. You've got
0: good questions. (laughs)
2: questions Because it's true. I mean, this is really a common, common issue. Uh, more, way more than you probably think and so if you're listening and you have this happening and the enemy has told you that you're alone and that you just need to get it together and you just need to figure out how to honor i just want to say to you like there are so many people in your situation and don't let him lie to you and convince you that you're by yourself in this because you're not i think that the healthy boundaries you said it are really essential. And I think what we do as people, so I like to think about families and systems, because that's really what it is. We grow up in a system that teaches us how to think, how to feel, how to be, what's right, what's wrong, you know, it teaches us everything. So what happens is when we get older, and we look at that system, and we're like, wait a minute, that's faulty. I kind of spoke about that a few minutes ago, then we have to figure out what to do with it. And so, so many times when we grow up and we get married, you know, we leave and we cleave and we we'll get out of the house and we're like, wait a second, that wasn't okay. That was maladaptive. That was harmful. That wasn't healthy. So then we have to go back and redefine it. But what I find a lot of people do is they struggle with fear, fear of rejection, fear of abandonment from their mom. You know, that this person, if I don't do it her way, that she's not going to love me. She's not going to see me because we've been conditioned to do that mm-hmm. we've been conditioned to say okay this is what mom needs to be happy but i re- you have to realize that and and one of my friends says this all the time she says her first ministry is at home mm. And it's really true like her first ministry is to protect her husband, to protect herself, to protect her home, to protect her children from any outside sources including a mother or father. So that leave and cleave word is really true. So I think that's the thing you first have to do is be sure that your boundaries are healthy and be sure and I always say this about boundaries and I is a boundary isn't a boundary unless it's communicated. Mm. And I find that so many people will say they've set a boundary with someone and then I'll say, okay, well, how'd it go when you tell them? And they're like, oh my gosh, I never told them. I can't tell them that. I can't talk to them about that. And I'm like, <laughs> so you set a boundary, but you didn't tell them? Like, so then now you just look like kind of a crazy person yourself because you are being weird. You're dodging their calls. You're not letting them come over. You're not letting them do anything. And they have no idea as to why. So you can't, and, and you know, one thing, and I'm all over the place with this boundary thing. I hope I'm making it clear. And I hope I'm saying the right thing to the right person at this moment. But the other thing, too, is that don't expect the outcome because I have found even in my own life, having to set some boundaries and with other clients that I've worked with is you kind of gear yourself up for the worst. Hmm. And what I've found is a lot of families will come to the table and comply. A lot of families want relationship more than they want to be right. And a lot of parents, I could see a lot of moms where you may set a boundary with grandma or if she's a grandma or a mom, you know, that's wounded you and you think she's just going to run away. She's not going to come to the table anymore. She's not going to want to see you anymore. She's not, you know, she's going to reject you. But what I've found is it's actually an eye opening experience and the relationship with you and your family is worth more than her being right. Um, one last thing I'll say about that too, is I love to teach people to, see the person, how the Holy Spirit does. Mm. And that's a hard question to ask if you've got unforgiveness. So you kind of got to process that, but is to say, Hey, can you show me my mom? Show me her Lord, how you see her. Show me your Holy Spirit. Like, what do you see when you look at her? And man, does that help? Because he is so tailor made in his answer that he's going to give you something that you're never going to be able to look at her. And when I say, I don't love the words always and never, but I'll say never in this Circumstance. You're never going to be able to look at her the same and have those feelings once he gives you his vision. And that really just is a healing thing because you're able to look past and look through and see the reason why.
0: Okay, I'm riding 90 miles an hour over here because you're saying so many tweetable things. So I feel like in the intro of this podcast, I'm going to have to just. tell everybody to make sure they have their their notes ready to take (laughs) notebook ready to take some notes something i wrote down when you said that i love how you i've heard you say this before and i'm writing it down i'm going to plaster it somewhere because i needed this that a boundary isn't a boundary unless it's communicated Mm -hmm. again that's why it's hilarious that i'm the one starting this podcast because i always growing up and even to this day struggle with just being honest with people up front of hey this is what I'm thinking this is what I want, but what I've noticed in myself and I bet somebody else can relate to this is because I used to lack in communicating up front boundaries that I set when they crossed them, I would get resentful and mad, but it's hilarious that I'm getting resentful and mad because they didn't even know it was a boundary, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm so glad that you brought that up. Oh, this is so good. Okay, so we tackled the motherhood is situation a little bit from mother's influence. Now, what about, um, now this is kind of a big one to ta- to tackle, but what about just, you mentioned you're a mom yourself. What do you suggest that as a mom, just, I know I, I'm a mom and I know a lot of our listeners are moms and I think it's so common that as women we struggle with mom guilt or comparing ourselves to other moms. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this list could go on. We could have done a whole podcast just on this this topic So what are your thoughts on all of that? So basically,
2: like, when you kind of wanting to measure up, is that kind of what you're thinking, too, as mom? Like, the guilt and kind of feeling like you're enough?
0: Yeah, and I think also just that as moms, we take on so much responsibility. It's interesting (laughs) to me because we really – you mentioned this earlier when you were talking about, you know, needing to set some healthy boundaries with mothers sometimes of we really, really want our mom's approval – But then we also turn around and we do it to our own kids of like hovering, like wanting them to be perfect, wanting to make sure we make all the right choices all the time. And if we don't, then we're just ridden with guilt. Well, first thing I think
2: that's a positive for women is we are amazing stewards. Like we steward environments, we steward people, we steward situations, we steward hearts, we steward spirits. We steward educations. You know what I mean? We steward a lot of things. Women are built to be multi-focused, multi-tasking individuals. Now, I will say from a personal level, sometimes I want to punch myself in the face because I'm so multi <laughs> Yeah, you know, you just get spread so thin so easily. But I think that's what happens is something that the Holy Spirit means to be part of our identity becomes something corrupted by the enemy. Mm. is not that how it always goes, right? So the things that were built to steward, the enemy comes in and says, yeah, but you're not doing this or yeah, but your kid has X, Y, and Z. Yeah, but look at this situation. Yeah, you know, and so then you end up Stewarding more than you should and so I was speaking to a group of women about anxiety It really was profound to me that you know I was thinking about women and how we take on so much and the other thing I always tell women is we are really good at shoulding ourselves Hmm. like I should I should I should and so we take on so much and what ends up happening is it leaves what we're supposed to be caring for unmanned. So the vision that the Lord gave me, is, I'm very visual, is that have you ever been to a store where you know that the manager is out? You know, like, clothes are strewn everywhere, they're not folded, all the employees are like behind the cash wrap, texting, you know, there's stuff on the floor, hasn't been swept or dusted, you know, the the, the dressing room's full of clothes. Like, in your mind, you at least for me, I walk in and I'm like, ooh, Clearly, their manager is out. Like, they are here by themselves. That's what our our destiny and our purpose looks like when we don't steward it. Mm. You know, it's like things are all over the place. Because what's happening is we're so busy stewarding the store next door that isn't even our jurisdiction. Oh. Like, What's my friend doing? Wait, she's got her kids in private school? Okay, 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 okay. Oh, she makes cookies every Thursday? You know, oh my gosh, she works, she does this, you know, and oh my gosh, but wait, her kid can say the ABCs and she's two minutes old, Like, you know, and we just go into this whole thing and what that ends up being is that leaves our store unmanned. That leaves the thing that we're built to steward unmanned because how can I hear the Holy Spirit for Emerson or Lundy, which are my kids, if I'm trying to hear the Holy Spirit for yours? Yeah. Can't, And so I was really, really struck by that when I was speaking about anxiety because that's what the enemy wants to do is he wants to take the gift we've been given to be multitasking, to be able to think about multiple things at a time, to be able to to steward many domains and to corrupt it to where we begin stewarding things that aren't ours to steward and we leave ours for him to have room to come in and do something there.
0: Wow, that's so good. So you mentioned anxiety, and it's interesting that you bring that up because I've done some interviews now for this podcast, and almost every woman I have interviewed has brought up that she has struggled with or does struggle with anxiety. Would you have any advice to give to moms in particular who might be walking through anxiety struggles currently? That's a big one. I think everybody
2: has a level of anxiety in our culture today. Mm -hmm. And some people might want to say, uh-uh, not me. But if you gave me five minutes, I'd probably find something, you know, even if it's not excessive, if it's not medicatable, if that's even a word, if it's not, you know, it's not that I'm saying, and I think that's what happens is people think it has to look like this. I have to have some diagnosis and medication to be anxious. And it's like, no, no, no. I know a lot of people who are struggling with anxiety silently, you know, they have this battle with fear. So anxiety is fear. And anytime we have fear that comes in, we have a thought that's not from the Lord. Like we have thoughts that aren't from him. We have things that we allow ourselves to ourselves to do that you, you know, like um, I'm trying to think of an example, like we just allow our thoughts to go somewhere like, but what if, what if my kid can't say our ABCs by three days old? Like what if, you know, <laughs> just allow all that stuff to come in and that becomes our focus rather than what needs to be our focus. You know, every day, like it's a new day. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. So let's just think about this. I don't want to let fear in. And so we, through the cracks, we allow that to seep and then it becomes, you know, I don't know. It just takes over. I just see it so often.
0: And I think it's interesting too that the enemy knows those little areas we have uh-huh. because, and then sometimes something will trigger those thoughts. Cause I know I have not realized that I had anxiety. Like when my son was young, um, just a toddler, he was definitely a late talker. Like he was just later than most on, most kids, but even related to my girls, And I didn't realize I was having anxiety about it until somebody else said to me, he's not talking yet. And then all of a sudden fear just rose up out of nowhere. And I'm like, we need to contact all the doctors. We need to, you know, my husband's like talking me down off of the cliff. (laughs) And so that's interesting. You know, I know I've heard you speak on triggers before that sometimes it just something triggers and it brings that into the light. Well, and you know, you have to think about it. This too is that what goes back to the stewardship thing and A lot of people,
2: too, and and this is true. Like, my kids are a reflection of me. But I think what we do is we take that to the extreme. Mm. Like, you know, because it is. My daughter's a reflection of me. Because you're going to look at her, and if she's acting a fool in Target, you're going to be like, where is that mother? I mean, I can't lie. I've said that. You know, (laughs) where is the mother of that child? We need to get this under control. And I think what happens then is it isn't about doing what's best for her. It's about me maintaining faith. You know, it's about me saying, I've got this, I am competent, I'm equipped. Where, you know what? Why do they put that candy at the checkout aisle? (laughs) Nobody's (laughs) equipped for that. like that is the dumbest situation you know mm. I level at your child who's two who doesn't understand that not getting a candy and everyone in their pocket is that's just not for the taking you know so <laughs> it's, it's really funny it's, it's not ever happened to us but it's true that's what it is you know it's not any parents equipped for that but that's what we do is we fear not having control yes. not having control of our child where Kids, if you, anybody just have one, I'm like, give, give it them a minute, because there is a moment where you are not in control, probably every day. kids like, I don't want to do my homework. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to give you my phone. I don't want to give you my, you know, like, I just hear all the stories. There's a moment most of the time that the kid, a kid's going to tell you no, and you feel out of control. It's yeah. a lie, but it, that's the whole thing is us looking good, us looking like we've got it all managed.
0: Yeah, I know God really convicted me of that. I don't remember at what what point he did, but it was basically just that he just reminded me that if I will take the fall whenever they're behaving badly then I'm also going to take the praise when things are when they're doing well and you know he just convicted me that honestly if my kids turn out amazing it's not because of me it's because of him Uh, (laughs)
2: oh yes
0: I can't take the credit for it so I also shouldn't take the fall for it okay so we are about to start wrapping up before we do though one thing I wanted to ask was I really have a heart to see women just cheer each other on, uh, it breaks my heart literally into a million pieces when I see us tear each other down or judge each other or ooh gossip about each other. Um, that yeah. one just really cuts me deep. And so what would you say, how could us women just really start supporting each other?
2: You know, I think that what comes into play there is, again, comparison. We should ourselves. You know, when I find myself wanting to tear someone down, which I'm human, I, there's times when I just want to, be like, oh, well, did you see that? You know, you just want to go into that mode. It's really because I'm feeling insecurity myself. Yeah. It's about me, it isn't about her. And 90% of the time when I find myself wanting to engage in a conversation like that, it's because I'm feeling some kind of way myself. And I want to have the emotional intelligence. My personal goal is to have the emotional intelligence to check myself first mm-hmm. and to say, what am I feeling that makes me feel like I got to talk about her shoes or her hair or her kids or her financial situation? Because it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with me. Yeah. And and I think that what we do as women is our culture has bred comparison. And we live in this rat race. And kind of what I felt like the Lord said to me not long ago was that, there isn't a winner, one. And two, there's always going to be someone who has more, who has, you know, uh, more money, more stuff, five homes, 10 planes, or has a better handle on their kids, or has more education, or who's better at their job, or who's written that book and had it published, or who's um, traveling all over the world, or who, you know, there's always going to be someone that's there. But, Again, it goes back to the management of the store is that I'm trying to have your store, not mine. And when you strive and you strive and you strive, I think lately for me personally, there's been this kind of like, wait a second, what are we doing this for? You know, what's the point? Like, I'm tired, you know, I've worked so hard, and I come home and I'm spending some time with my kiddo and I'm missing opportunities, and I'm like, for what? The whole reason I'm working is so that I can have opportunities and I'm missing them to work, you know, so that's just my own personal being transparent. But I think a lot of people compare and tear other people down and aren't championing their friends because they everybody wants to do everything. And we're not called to do everything. I'm not called to do what you're called to do. You know, I'm not called to do what someone else is called to do. And I was telling one of my friends, I was like, when you're driving in your lane, you can go as fast as you want. Mm -hmm. And, but a lot of people don't drive in their lane. They want to drive in someone else's lane. They want to drive over here. And then that causes them to merge into oncoming traffic because it's not ever where you were built to be. So you're always going to feel angst. You're always going to feel frustration and you're always going to tear down. You're never going to champion because you're going to, you have envy, you have jealousy, you have regret. And that just means you're not looking at your own stuff. You're trying to look at theirs.
0: That visual goes perfect with, I think I shared a little bit of it on the very first podcast of this, but uh, the word I got at actually our TKU Christmas party was just that, that I'm up on somebody's tail end looking at what is playing on their DVD screen and I miss my exit. And that was such a powerful yeah. illustration to me that we get so focused on what everybody else is doing and God's like, Yoo-hoo, you missed your exit five, time, five exits ago, yeah. you know, and so... That's so powerful. I love that. And then I also love that you were real about the fact that you also – could struggle with the comparison or tempted to gossip because I want to clarify that I also still struggle with that, but I love that you brought it back to whenever that comes up. It's not if it's going to come up. It's just when, (laughs) because we all struggle. We're all human, but to just come back to that it's not about her. It's actually about me, and I need to take a step and go, wait, what insecurities am I feeling? Why am I feeling urged to want to go here in my mind? So Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so we are about to hop off here. I want to finish just by asking you, from a counselor's perspective, what Real Talk topic do you think doesn't get brought into the light enough?
2: You know, I don't think we talk as often as we could about sexuality. Mm. You know, I think for women especially. You know, I think that there's such a gamut of sexuality for women, and I feel like a lot of women should themselves in that area you know, I should, I should, I should. And I think there's also a lot of women and men, but a lot of women who've been abused. And we've, you know, I see our culture start to talk about that in the Me Too movement. But as far as the church, we don't really give people space for that and teach women how to be a wife that's been abused or a husband, how to steward a wife that doesn't quite know what to do in the area of sexuality and I just think that's really important one of my good friends Nancy Houston she's a sex therapist and she's phenomenal she just wrote a book on it and she just really like breaking it down and how we don't ever talk about it you know and and I think women are sitting like if you talk about you know being hard on themselves or you know kind of looking at themselves and being critical or or beating themselves up I think this is an area where a lot of women do. And they don't know what to do about it.
0: Okay, so we might have to have you back on to talk about that then. (laughs) Oh, anytime. I'd be honored. Awesome. Okay, so before we get off here today, can you, I know that so many people were just inspired by all the things that you said and probably will want to follow you and see what you're up to. Where can they find you online Well, I have an Instagram for
2: sure. Um, You can find me on there, which if you want to see um, too many pictures of my daughter, (laughs) that's really what you'll see on my Instagram. And it's Cassie underscore Reed, R-E-I-D is my Instagram. But then I have a website, which is just my name, CassieReed.com. That's my practice website. And then here I am at the King's University, which is www.tku.edu, which is just our school website, so you can find my contact there. So there's lots of ways you can catch up with me in any of those places. And I'm always honored to help in any way I can.
0: Awesome. Well, Dr. Reed, thank you again for just taking time out of your very busy schedule to hop on here. I know that this message and um, recording is just going to be a blessing to so many women. Well, thanks for having me.
2: I really love what you're doing. And I know that so many people are receiving something through it, that may not even let you know. So I just want to encourage you in that, is that one word from the Lord through someone that you have on here could really change a life. And you just may not get the testimony, but I just want to commend you for being willing to create an atmosphere for that.
0: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Well, I will
1: chat with you later. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Didn't you just love that conversation with Dr. Reed? So if this blessed you today, I would encourage you to think about one or two ladies in your life that you could share it with. And if you haven't already, would you please leave us an iTunes review that helps us get into the hands or the ears of other ladies just like you who need to hear this message. All right, friends. I will chat with you next time on Real Talk with Rachel.